Many children and, well, adults alike set this time of year to gaze upon that beautiful nativity scene. Now, if you're like our house, there's no baby yet in that manger Mm -hmm. because Christ has not been born. But... He's coming. And joining us this morning to tell us more about this beautiful tradition in our Catholic faith, it is our good friend, Miriam Marston. Good morning, Miriam. Thanks for joining us today. Good morning, Brenda and Pat. It's lovely to be on with you all this morning. So one of the requirements that I needed for my nativity scene many years ago, I've had the same one for years and years, is that the baby Jesus didn't was separate from the manger because, well, he came on Christmas morning. In fact, he showed up on Christmas night and all of my kids would sit on the landing and look at the nativity scene because Jesus appeared there. So tell our listeners a little bit, remind them about the nativity scene. Do you have one in your home? Yeah. And I I love that you mentioned that tradition of waiting until either just definitely the day of Christmas to place the little baby Jesus in the manger. It's the same thing in our home that we weren't even allowed to open one present until (laughs) until Jesus was in the manger and we had said a prayer together as a family. So it's a lovely tradition and really keeps us focused on the whole uh, reason that we're celebrating at Christmas. So, yes, this is one of my uh, just favorite traditions, really, of of our faith. Um, And back in 2019, Pope Francis had actually released an apostolic letter on the meaning and the importance of the nativity scene. And it's become uh, an annual reading for me um, now because there's just so much depth uh, to this beautiful tradition. And it's really significant this year since it's the 800th anniversary of the first nativity scene um, because that was St. Francis of Assisi in 1223 who got permission to recreate uh, that scene of the nativity of the birth of Jesus. And he used real people and animals. And uh, so the tradition has continued sort of in different forms since then. So thank you, St. Francis. Now, most families are not going to have, like, real people over and animals and hay <laughs> yeah. in their homes. Those, those oxen yeah, will house. make, yeah, they make a bit of a mess. I, I leave the oxen in the backyard. <laughs> there we go. But, you know, well, you mentioned, you mentioned the mess. And, you know, that's, that's, a, that's an important point I think that we can lead with is when we contemplate the nativity scene, we see that it's awfully crowded and it's messy and, you know, it was probably it was probably really smelly. You know, where Jesus was born, um, it was just he was born kind of in this in this poor sort of unconventional place. And I, I think, first of all, it shows the the humility and the vulnerability of our Lord. And it should also bring us, I think, some reassurance and, and comfort that um, our lives don't have to be this pristine, shiny, perfect place before Jesus comes to dwell there. So I think that as we're kind of drawn into that scene, just to remember that Jesus is is born kind of in the mess of things, <laughs> and that's where he comes to dwell in our own lives, um, that even if things don't feel all put together, to not be afraid of that, because Jesus, in his humility and vulnerability, can be born right there in, in, the, in, the, in the midst of everything going on in our life. Um, so yeah, so all the the elements of the scene come together to to create this beautiful story. So of course we have the Holy Family at the middle of it all. So we have Jesus, Mary, Joseph. Um, we have of course those animals. We have uh, 
the, the angels, we have the shepherds, you know, Jesus as the good shepherd. Um, it's not surprising, right, that the good news gets to the shepherds first. Um, and then I would love to play around, when I was a kid, to play with the different figurines, and I, I loved those angelic figures. I found them particularly fascinating. But that's a moment, Brenda and Pat, to remember the song of the angels, right, at Christmas, how they sang the Gloria, the glory to God in the highest. And it reminds us that, with the exception of Advent and Lent, we get to sing that every Sunday, right? That we get to participate in that refrain of the angels every time we get to go uh, to Sunday Mass, which is really beautiful to, to sneak a little bit of Christmas into every, <laughs> into every Mass. Um, oh. Yeah, and then, of course, the star and the, the three kings. There's just so much to contemplate. Miriam, we were just talking on the show today about the tradition of the Christmas tree and yeah. when and about we can set that up and when we can take it down. And, you know, some say that it's the Sunday after Epiphany. And of course, Epiphany, we think about the gifts of the wise men. Now, yeah. some traditions and households, those wise men, they're not in the nativity scene yet. They make right. a little journey around the house and they yep. slowly make their way over. So a nativity scene would not uh, would not be complete without those beautiful wise men. So yeah. do we have any indication or any memory or written uh, article as to why St. Francis set up this mm. this scene in the first place? Yeah, that's a great question. And really, Bernadette, he wanted to... Um, it, it was basically used as like a catechetical lesson. He wanted to be able to teach the people about what happened at Christmas, to, to teach about the incarnation, the the birth of Christ. And um, to do this, he really, again, we're, these are folks who, who couldn't really read. And so to give a very powerful visual depiction and representation of the Christmas story was um, was really important. And so that's what he wanted to do, uh, was to, to recreate the story so um, people would really understand what happened, but ultimately uh, the truth of how deeply God loves us. Oh, and it is definitely a deep, deep love. The other uh, thing I think that uh, is very, very almost lost, it's subtle, but it's very powerful, and that is the manger. So yeah. we have the bread of life in Jesus that is laid in the manger, which is traditionally a trough for feeding the animals. Yeah. And of course, Bethlehem, the city of bread. So you have all this Eucharistic symbolism also yeah. that's kind of built into it. No, Pat, that's a great point. And, and it's beautiful that we get to see, again, these, these clues about who Jesus is and what his mission will be. And it's right there in the nativity scene. Uh, in the manger, in the word Bethlehem, in the gifts of the Magi, where we oh. see the gold, which um, you know uh, uh, reflects his his royalty, his kingly nature. Uh, we see, of course, the frankincense, which reflects the priestly identity of Jesus, and of course the myrrh, which will point ahead to his suffering, his death, um, mm. which again um, will open up the doors to new life for each of us. Mm. I. Yeah. It's just such a beautiful uh, image and one that we can really just gaze upon and see our Lord there and and then just really welcome uh, welcome him to into our hearts and into the muck, I'll say, of yeah. our everyday <laughs> life. Right. That is exactly what it should be. So, well, Miriam, yeah. thank you so much. I'm going to go home and uh, dust off my nativity scene again and make sure that manger is as muck free as it can be during this busy time of year. So that way, that beautiful manger is ready to welcome him. And thank you again so much for joining us today. 
Oh, you're very welcome and wishing you a blessed rest of Advent and Christmas. Oh, to you as well, Miriam. Thank you so very much.